Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sam Legasic. And I'm Dreadful Dan Gallagher. And we're two old buddies that have lived our life at the edge of the mainstream. So come join us where things are a little odd. This is the of yours will be reduced to a burned-out cinder. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Oddcast Movies, Music and Gaming. And here with me is Dreadful Denji. Hello, everybody. And Sam. Oh, everybody and me. That's uh, that's how God likes to see it as well. Yeah, um, on a different uh, pedestal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just looking up. Um, looking up at everyone. So today we are going to do another hit and a shit. Um, this is where we take a band, an artist of some sort, and we have a song that we like and a song that we don't like. Um, hence the hit and shitness. So, uh, God, if you're listening to this and you don't know that by now, then... Pooey on Yui. Um, God help your soul. Exactly. You should know. You should know. It's bloody obvious in the title, isn't it? <laughs> God's sake. Um, but that's how we're going to do it. So t- and today we're going to be talking about Potza. Oh, sorry. Queens of the Stone Age. Let's have a listen. Bloody good band, this Queens of the Stone Age, and a bit of a step back into the past and a walk down memory lane again for you and me, isn't it? I think yeah. a favourite of ours in the late nineties. Um, mm-hmm. I got into Queens of the Stone Age right from the very off because basically when that first album came out, I heard Dave Grohl being interviewed on the radio, 
and mm. they said like, oh, what's a cool band that everyone should be listening to? And he said Queens of the Stone Age because obviously he was a big Caius fan. So um, I actually got that album in 1998 and I loved it. Yeah. and I it, remember specifically seeing the cover, listening to it and being like, this is great. Um, yeah, and I think I taped it off you. <laughs> which probably sounds about right. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think I bought my own cover until much, much later. Um, bought my own cover, bought my own um, version until uh, much, much later. Um, yeah, weirdly, like right with that album, I saw like uh, there was a a thing that th- got thrown up where it was like the top Queens Queens of the Stone Age albums ranked, right? Right. And the last, the bottom of the list was the first album. And I was like, <sighs> well, mad. Yeah, so this is it, because then obviously after that, they kind of went off in a bit of a different direction and they got a lot more, uh, well, they got a lot more fans on a major label, different sound. So I guess a lot of people think that they are that, which is more of a kind of, to me, mainstream hard rock band. Um, Whereas that first album is definitely more in the old kind of stoner rock camp, um, which I prefer. So it's easily their best album in my opinion, head and shoulders. Um, but yeah, when like, when Rated R came out, then obviously like really excited and was really into it. Mm. But then when 2002 Songs for the Deaf came out, was not into that. And at that point... Are you joking? At that Sorry, point, kind of, yeah. <laughs> well, then I looked back and I was like, yeah, actually Rated R's not, not, like, not as good as I thought it was at the time. I can see the beginning of this sound. To me, songs for the deaf, it's, it's just too, yeah, it's just too clean and just a, it's just really polished commercial rock. Don't particularly like that, like the single, uh, No One Knows. Yeah. Um, and Probably their biggest hit. Yeah. It just wasn't the sound for me, basically. Um, I've only ever heard it a handful of times, that album. And that was it. I dropped off. Okay. I dropped off and it wasn't until uh what album then came out a bit later on like clockwork. Yeah. Um oh my god, you took that much of a hiatus. Yeah, I I skipped like three or four albums. Fuck it out. And someone basically someone I think when I left a job they didn't know what to get me so they bought me just like 10 albums <laughs> on CD. And some guy bought me like clockwork and I was like this is really good. Um, but then I haven't, uh, I haven't stuck with them since then. So yeah, that's where I am with Queens of the Stone Age. Um, I found this, yeah, kind of a bit difficult to negotiate actually. It's that, it, that, um, I'm actually really surprised about that. I'm going to be honest. So I guess, um, for me, uh, that first album was amazing. And I still think it's an amazing album to be honest. Um, then yeah, rated R. Uh, came out after that um and that was very like you've got nick olivieri i think it's his name like yeah. shouting a lot um <laughs> this is when i started seeing them live I was, I was probably with you i imagine um you'd have gone to a few of these gigs as well we saw them definitely in 2000 uh supporting foo fighters oh really at God, stratford rex fucking hell yeah um i didn't even realize i'd um i saw them back then Mm-hmm. Um, some good memory, but yeah, I know I've seen yeah Queens of Stone Age a few times. Um, but yeah, it would have been. I don't think we saw them. 
with that first album. No. Um, but yeah, Rated R sounds, I definitely saw him during Rated R days. Anyway, um, but that album, I was like, there's some really good tracks here, but it, it's different. It's not the kind of stoner rock. And I like, and also that like, you know, nicotine, that feel good hit the summer, yeah. the actual song. I remember thinking like, I don't actually like this song that much. Like, <laughs> I think it's literally kind of like a, yeah, a novelty song a little bit, but I do like a lot of the others sitting on this album. Yeah. Um, and then, and then Songs for the Deaf came out. And that's why like, I'm completely shocked actually, because that is for me, hands down the best Queens of Stone Age album. Not only one of the best, not only the best Queens of Stone Age album, it's one of my favourite albums of all time. Wow. Um, because for many, many reasons. One, it was like, the, it's it it kind of became a super group in that it got Mark Lanigan was doing more, basically. And I love his vocals on these songs as well. And some of that kind of like, give it some of that like bluesy kind of tone. You've got Dave Grohl doing what I would say is the best drumming he's ever done on anything wow. ever. Okay. Um, and especially like, and during this time, I think I went, oh God, what was I at? I think I was at a festival or something. And I'm pretty sure um, he was drumming. Um, and it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, because the drumming on that album, especially when you see it like live, it is like absolutely astounding and the drums have turned up pretty high on that album as well so you kind of they're very much aware that it's great um and yeah it's just such a i like the way that it's a concept album of going from like i believe it's going from like la to um the desert basically okay um so and that's kind of supposed to be the idea i know um, there's little like radio that's right so it's a radio thing is kind of supposed to be like you're in the car driving um driving to it um and i like so i like the i like the way the album is laid out i like the fact that there's like it kind of comes in and out with the uh radio stuff and i enjoy that because it makes me want to listen to it in full every time i put it on i want to start at the beginning and make my way through it because it feels like that's how it should be listened to yeah and like every single song on there i'm just like it's amazing just love it every single one like even the ones which are like sometimes I'm, i listen to that album it's like you know do it again for instance, it's like, I'm just like, oh, it's kind of like, whatever, yeah, this, I might do it again. And then when it gets to the chorus bit, I'm just like, fucking hell, I love this song. I forgot how much I love it. It's, and it's not even like the near one of the best songs of the album. Um, so yeah, for me, this was by far and away, like, but the one yeah. thing, and you are completely right, is that No One Knows just got played to death. And yeah. I don't think it's that great a song. I think it's all right. Yeah. I think it's quite like a... Because you've got that first track, you think I ain't worth a dollar for like a million. It's just kind of like screamy, shouty, Nick Olivieri, and it's kind of like da 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 da, and it kind of thumps you around the face a little bit. Yeah. Then you've got this like do do do, but I quite like the whole like it sounds weird, <clears throat> like the pace is a bit weird, and then you've got that cool like Dave Grohl drumming at the end. You know, it kind of like really builds up, and then yeah, do do and then back. Um, yeah, I, I like that. So I know what you're saying about bit, but I think that's more to do with the fact that I think that's you looking back on it and maybe it being like their big pop song rather than if you maybe like sat with it and listened to it beginning to end again, I think you might appreciate it more. Yeah, I think you've got like First It Giveth and then First It Giveth. It's great. <laughs> um, I didn't, no one knows. You know, I bought that when it came out, actually. I've still got the uh, seven-inch single. Right. So I did like it, I think, initially. And then I just mm. probably, yeah, maybe through like, overexposure, got a bit annoyed and 
bored with it. Yeah, and that's comp- and that's, yeah. I mean, like that, another one is Go with the Flow, where yeah, I don't really like that one. See, I really um, like that, but it's it's the same. It's a kind of territorial pissings thing a little bit, where it's like it's this big, fast kind of like thing that kind of comes in and out, like it's like breakneck speed almost. Um, but then, yeah, it kind of sometimes you're just like I've listened to it too much because it's my always like go to track when it's just like I'm. I don't know, going for a run or doing whatever. It's like, it's just on all my playlists. And now yeah. it's like, well, okay, I don't really want to listen to that because I've listened to it about a million times. Um, yeah, so I'm not really doing... But yeah, so that just surprised me. And then... Um, I think yeah, what's like, missing, what's missing is like that, like s- slow, dry, spacey kind of stuff that's yeah. on the, the first album. That's what I loved. And then sort of represented a bit on Rated R, songs like Leg of Lamb, I really like. Mm-hmm. And there's, yeah. there's kind of like that's that's not here, and it just feels like they've totally transformed into just like a, a commercially focused MTV MTV ready rock band. Yeah, I um, think it's, it's funny you and, say that. Yeah, so good. And there's a few songs here, and I think um, when I heard them, because they're re-recorded from the Desert Session stuff. So I had all the mm. Desert Sessions, and I liked all that. Mm. So as well, I'm like, oh, they've just because that's what they did as well. They did it on their other albums, is re-record songs from Desert Sessions. But here, yeah. I was really like, they sound worse to me. So Millionaire and Hanging Tree. Yeah, I was just like, I prefer the old versions, and that kind of soured me a bit as well. But I think at the time, I just wasn't in the right mood actually for this album at that time, and it coincided with a point where the Foo Fighters became utter shit as well. I think I was just a bit yeah. burnt out on on all of it. Well, it's that's why it's kind of funny as well, is because yeah, the Foo Fighters have got shit, and then Dave Grohl had pretty much straight away done this incredible drumming on what I thought was this amazing, quite dark, slightly weirdly bluesy um, rock thing, but it felt quite heavy and thick. But that's the kind of problem, right? Is that afterwards, um, it they so I feel like the first album had its own style. Second album kind of had its own style and it was a bit more weirder, like, you know, um, rated R. I felt a bit more stranger. Yeah. Then this one, Songs for the Deaf, was kind of like there, like, we're, we're going to make a big concept album. We're yeah. going to kind of, you know, really go at it. We've, we've got fucking Dave Grohl on drums, we're really going to hit hard. And it and it worked. And then it's just, and then for me, it just kind of t- tapered out a little bit because it's like, I was like, you can't, I don't know how you can beat that. And then Lullabies to Paralyze came out, which I thought was, had some okay songs, but it's, it sounded weird. Like I was just like, I don't really know what's happening here. Weirdly, Era Vulgaris, which is often looked over, I really fucking love. And I think it's got some great fucking songs on there. Yeah. Um, but ben people don't talk about that. it. Yeah. It's weird. No one talks about it. And I'm just like, I had that going in rotation on my car for, I want to say like two years or something stupid when that came out, like it didn't leave. Um, and it's cause it's just got some great, and, and it's a little bit weird again. It's a bit like Ray to die in that sense where it's like, it's got tracks that they're trying to do something a bit quirky or something with, um, which I thought was quite interesting. And then, yeah, like I remember like clockwork coming out. I can't believe that's 2013, but um, <laughs> I, I remember thinking, yeah, this is okay. Like this is kind of going back a little bit. Um, it's a bit like safer ground or whatever. Fine. I think maybe Era Vulgaris was maybe a bit too out there for maybe what people were expecting. 
Um, and then Villains, um, I haven't really listened to properly, but I just don't like what I've heard. And it's got a weird, they've gone for like a different sound and then mm. literally like a different sound. Like it's produced weird. And I don't think, I don't think I like it. Like hats off for maybe trying to do something new, but it's like, you're still kind of writing the same music, but you're, instead of trying to like mix things up musically, it's like you're trying to do it in the suite or something. You're trying to do it through production. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's not necessarily the best way of doing it. But um, yeah, and it's hard to believe that's 2017 because again, that feels um, like it was only yesterday, but it's not. Um, so anyway, wow. we've talked about that for ages already, haven't we? Yeah. yeah, well, we've had some um, big revelations to deal with. I know, I can't, I can't get over that. Like, I honestly, like... Um, uh, I I just presumed everyone thought it was the best Queen's album, and especially you being a big fan of Dave Grohl, yeah. and like it's like it's much better than any of the stuff he was drumming on, like fucking Nirvana or even Foo's or anything like that. It's like hard, it's crazy. Like if you hear like the live version of, um, uh, well, it's going to be well of some of those songs, let's say, um, with Dave drumming, it is like shit. <laughs> Fuck, that's just it. So you can't. What what drama is going to kind of beat that? There isn't, wow. there isn't one, um, in my opinion. Anyway, but um, let's start with uh, start with one of the ones that you like, though. Let's start with your hit. Well, I obviously kind of thought I'll pick something from the first album, and then I thought that's really predictable because you'll be expecting me to do that. Yeah. So I'm actually uh, <laughs> I've actually pulled out a song that I really, really, really like from like Clockwork. Okay, and that is. My God is the sun. Sam, remember that one? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's um I always remember that um yeah, that riff do 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 do. Yeah. Um uh it's cool. It is that's the thing with Josh Harm generally is that it does come up with some really fucking cool uh cool riffs. Yeah, I I like the song. I don't love it. I wouldn't say that this is like the best Queens of the Stone Age song or anything like that. Um but uh yeah, it kind of ranks for me like near the between the middle and the top i'd say so it's i definitely don't um dislike it i think it's quite cool and nice but um uh yeah it's not it doesn't burn itself into my memory put it that way but you really like it then do you yeah i mean despite everything i'd sort of said earlier um if i think about yeah this kind of like more heavy rock sound then this is one of my favorites in that kind of sphere i just think yeah really cool riff and you think, I think uh, after the first kind of intro bit, it's going to kind of dip down. But that kind of bass keeps going. Just like carries it in a kind of different vibe to anything else and kind of like not what you expect. And a really good vocal, like classic kind of like, kind of like Josh Homme drool. He's like bluesy kind of really kind of like understated, really cool. Don't give a fuck, kind of vocal. Yeah. Um, and then, like, bam, big exciting chorus. Um, and after not hearing the band for, what, like 12 years at that point. Yeah. Um, 
I was like, oh, actually, yeah, they're still doing some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, cool. Fair enough. Um, I might start with my shit. Oh, about that. controversial. To mix it up a little bit. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess this was quite difficult. It's quite difficult to choose a shit song because I don't really think there is a particularly, like, shit Queens of Stone Age song. There are songs that are worse than others, but there's not, for me, I don't feel like there's like a handful of like standout, this is dreadful yeah. kind of stuff. But um, the one I chose is off the new album, actually, well, new, the latest one, Villains, um, and it is Domesticated Animals. Let's have a listen. Today is the day. to reclaim everything burning bridge lights up the sky zip your lip until you've picked a side you get right up and sit back down a revolution Dan what do you think had you heard that before no, I hadn't. Um, I was really hypnotised, actually, by that song because mm. it wasn't what I expected at all. And I was just kind of enthralled, like, listening to, oh, what's going on here? What's going on there? And, mm. and it progressed in a way I totally didn't expect. Um, I kind of liked it. I can see why you picked it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> it's definitely, it's cool that they've done something really quite different, but I don't know if it quite works. Uh, yeah. Is that what you feel? Yeah, it feels very like new Queens of the Stone Age. Like, okay, it's just like what they're doing now kind of thing. I thought it was quite slow and a bit self-indulgent. And also like, I think like he's trying to be like David Bowie or something at some point. So that's, he's like that's exactly it's what I thought. Exactly what I mm. thought. It's that detached, aloof, cold, that kind of like thin white Duke era Bowie. Mm. Um, a little bit station to station kind of. And actually it's got all that kind of like jerky rhythm and everything. It's like a, it's kind of like a bit more like new wavy disco-y. Yeah. Um, but then it hasn't got like the new wavy disco-y production. It's still kind of like got the... Queensland Stone Agey type sounds in there, and then some weird little bits as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I find it quite difficult to get a handle on <laughs> what this is. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I just find it boring. I just find it boring. Basically, it kind of does like yeah, some bits at the end or whatever. And it does whatever. Fine, but I'm just like just that. Uh, 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 yeah, emotionally, uh, it doesn't uh, really uh, go so anywhere. Fucking, it's just three. It's like someone's like just picked up a guitar or something. It's just weird for like Josh Hum. Um, I just, I just, I don't really like it. Um, so yeah, sorry, that was my shit. Weird one. Um, do you want to hit us up with something good though, so we don't get two shits in a row? Uh, okay, yeah, okay, I'll hit you up with a hit then. Um, this was really tough, and it came down to came down to three songs, but really, I think it came down to two songs for me. Um, so. The one that I've chosen is from Songs for the Deaf and it is Song for the Dead. 
song for Dan. That's all right. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, yeah. My thoughts on that were the first minute, if he had a different guitar pedal, that was like pure thrash. <laughs> that was quite cool, wasn't it? Yeah. And then I liked, then it segued into that like kind of like more typical Queensland Stone Age territory where it was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then that main bulk of the song, yeah, it was okay. And then towards the end, it kind of went back to the thrashy part, but it sounded a hell of a lot like um, All My Life. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The same really? flashy part on All My Life. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, who's that singing? Is that Mark Lanigan? Yeah, I think. So, yeah, I think I don't. I I didn't like Mark Lanigan in Queens of the Stone Age as well. Did you not? Fuck mate, love him in no. Queens of the Stone Age. I liked basically. I liked the first album, <laughs> and I I liked that it was three guys. Yeah, you know, who'd all been in Caius because when the the drummer was that guy, um, what's his name, Alfredo something. Right. When they started, I remember right. he'd been. He he was the drummer in Caius towards the end. He played on um, when the circus leaves town. So it was those two, and they brought back Nick, and it was like that was Queens of the Stone Age, and then by the second album, it's like Mark Lanigan, and there's a different drummer, and there's just like loads of. It seems like there's like seven guys now, yeah. and then by the time it's songs for death, it's just like basically whoever I feel like I want in the band. Yeah. And it's just like a revolving thing. Um, and I didn't like that because <laughs> yeah. Desert Sessions had that like revolving door project approach. Yeah. But Dan, what uh, do you think about this song? Well, it's got Mark Lanigan and you know, I'd rather if just Josh sang. And That final minute, yeah. like when I listen to that song really loud, that final minute, I'm just like, it just blasts me in the face with pure grownness. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what I, be- I believe, especially during this time, this is what they kind of closed, would close their sets out with. And they would just like basically keep it going until like, you know, it felt like a natural end, basically. Um, 
and all that. And it's just like the most intense fucking cathartic things. Kind of what I was saying before. It's like, just, it's insane. That th- these songs live, like, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe I'm being biased to it just for that. But um, yeah, like I love every single song of that, but that one song is the one where I'm just like, when I hear that and turn it up, it's all building up to that final minute for me. And then it's just like hell hath unleashed itself <laughs> and I'm like lapping it up. Um, where did you see them with Dave on drums? I don't remember. Because yeah. I forgot he toured with them as well. Yeah. Briefly, briefly after this. It's where he had his like, his uh, shitty kind of weird bowl haircut <laughs> thing, if you remember. Yeah. Um, I always forget like how bloody young he was, if you know what I mean, like, especially in like Nirvana and all this stuff, but then doing foos and all that. Yeah. Um, and like to us, he was like an adult when really he was only like 10 yeah. years older or something than yeah. us at the yeah. time. Um, Jesus. Yeah. It just makes you think like, and we think, oh yeah, back when we were kids, like monkey wrench or whatever. And it's like, well, he wasn't that much older. Yeah. You think about it now. Like, yeah, think about been... where the Foo Fighters were 10 years ago. That's where we are now. What have we done? Nothing. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> maybe discussing um, your hit, not uh yeah sorry mediating on a hitting waste, you with a life lesson waste of life yeah um so uh yeah well that was the hit so um what's next on your list well it means we've got to end on a shit which is a bit of a downer but the good news is like you i really don't think they've got anything that's really shit not that i'm aware of anyway like i said i don't really know lullabies to paralyze and I know a lot of people kind of say that's maybe they're worse. So maybe there's something hiding out on that album yeah. that's genuinely bad. There's, there's a few. There's, I don't know. Like I don't mind Lullabies to Paralyze. Like you've got Little Sister on there, um, which is pretty good. Burn the Witch, I quite like. In my head, I don't mind. I quite like that as well. I mean, those, those are the three songs in the middle, really. But um, yeah, I, I know like this. Yeah, it was a weird. Lullabies to Paralyze was a weird thing to follow Songs of the Dead. Uh, deaf up with um and it's also like i do remember because that cover as well like the, the previous covers i don't know like it was a weird cover to kind of go with because it's just like nothing yeah um yeah it wasn't a very commercial move as well like waiting three years and then just releasing something that looks quite bland yeah exactly anyway um okay cool so what is it what's your shit well then i was like they've definitely done some covers that aren't that good Mm. Um, like a lot of the covers in the early days but I was like that's, that's a bit cheap picking a cover yeah. so I have gone with Ode to Clarissa that much 
swear we yeah. saw them do this live as well. Um, I know what you mean though. Like there's an element, like with all the Nick stuff, it's like, I don't know. Like some people are like, yeah, because he brought in that energy and like, <clears throat> and like that kind of randomness or whatever and that kind of intensity. And then I'm like, yeah. But at the same time, it's just like, there's an element where it just feels like he's shouting a lot. If you know <laughs> what I mean? It's and But this is kind of one of those things where it's like, I feel like, I don't know, like, I don't know who wrote it specifically or whatever, but like trying to do an actual song here and make it a little bit catchy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's not, I've, I can see why, <laughs> same kind of thing. I see why you've chosen it. But um yeah, I wouldn't say it's shit, but then I wouldn't have said mine is shit either. So yeah, it's not, it's just a bit weak, I think. Yeah. Um, it's a bit nothing. Yeah, and apparently it's a it's a Nick and Josh co-write, so mm. I don't know what that you know what that means, but yeah, it definitely feels like more of a Nick song, but it's not like the other Nick songs. Um, and obviously, he had that other band around this time. Oh, I can't what it's called, like yeah, Tension Head. Yeah, something like that. Um, which was more shouty. This feels like a bit of like a, a pastiche almost, of like a like bluesy rock and roll kind of song. Yeah. Um, bit of like a throwback, but it just doesn't work for me. It's not really yeah. anything interesting about it. No, and it just feels like they've done the, they've been in a jam. They've just done that little hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the one. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, well, that's kind of a song. Let's just record it something there and, but there's no like doesn't feel like there's any thought or love attention really given to it properly yeah and quite rightly it was just a b-side so um mm-hmm. you know we can't give it too hard a time but yeah i really struggled to find something i could really <laughs> yeah hey really dig into yeah mm. yeah that's the thing is that <clears throat> that's the kind of thing i always feel like has bothered queens of stone age is that as time's gone on it's just a lot of like not shit, but just a lot of mediocrity. Mm. A lot of there's, there's a lot of sounds and songs, kind of yeah. Okay, it's a Queen's of Stone Age song, but like nothing like oh that was what was that kind of thing which you had beforehand or like God that's a weird thing to do. That's made me it's piqued my interest. Yeah, um, and I feel like there's less of that, uh, which is weird because that era of Algaris, I think had a fair bit of that, and it just didn't really. Do do very well. So I don't know. I don't know what people like or want. I think you know, get, <laughs> I don't know. I would like them to like come back, like and do. I just fucking just knock something out of the park because that's the thing. I always think with bands like this, they get a bit lazy with it all. Yeah. It's just like, oh yeah, you know, I've got my setup. You know, this is the guitars I use. These are the pedals I use. This is the studio. This is the producer. And then we're gonna just let's knock out another twelve songs that. I've kind of been messing around with a little bit and, you know, it's fine. Rather than like, okay, cool, going to sit here, do this. Maybe if I try that, maybe if I do that, maybe if I listen to something else and I try and incorporate that in, I don't know, maybe he's doing all that, but I don't know, it just feels a little bit like they, they, find, I don't know, like they find their groove and then they just get a bit boring. And it's weird because I was like looking at, um, randomly, I was just uh, getting into The Cure a little bit oh, yeah. um, more. And I was thinking, it's fucking weird, like, the because I always think like you kind of hear songs and you can kind of tell it's a cure song mainly it's because of its voice really but um uh they are they do have really like eclectic material out there like from the really fucking poppy pop pop mm. to like the really dark shit to like this and if, you know you forget that they've been going since like 
fucking seventies. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, like a really super long time. They've just done loads of stuff. And he's always, you know, Robert Smith has always tried to be like trying, I'm trying to do something different all the time and keep it interesting and whatever. And I think that, you know, that adds to it. Um, and then like, I'm going from like that recently and then like listening to these Queens of the Stone Age songs, I'm just like, it's all the fucking same. Like these, any, that villain's album, okay, mm-hmm. it's, produ- it's produced a bit differently or whatever, it sounds a bit differently, but that could have been any time in the last 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest. And that's yeah. funny, it's 20 years since fucking Songs of the Deaf. It's 20 wow. years ago. Personally, I'd like if he just did the first album over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I think you've had that. I don't think you ever go back to doing... Doing that, but there's a gap. I still, I do think there's a genuinely like a gap in that stoner rock that's not actually stoner rock. Yeah, like it kind of got labelled as stoner rock, but he's he. Josh Homme's always had him. It's like it's not stoner rock. Like he got labelled as that, but that's not what it's supposed to be. But I think there's, you know, I think there's something there that people can still tap into before he starts going all like a bit wanky and bluesy. And just having like like holding a note for like two minutes, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And just seeing yeah. where that takes you and how you can dance around it a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't think he'd do anything like that again. He's a great guitarist and great riff writer, and he's got a cool voice. <clears throat> yeah, and there's so much you could do with that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can't imagine what uh, is next. I think the last thing they did, um, or he did, sorry. I, I remember seeing was uh, another Desert Sessions album. Okay. Well, I thought they were going to so. bring back, what was the one he did with the Led Zeppelin guy? And uh, them Crooked again. Vultures. Yeah, aren't they doing another Them Crooked Vultures thing? Or maybe well, like a, that up. well, like a lockdown version. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, we haven't got anything to do, so maybe we can all Skype each other. Yeah, do that again. Oh man, did you see that Foo Fighters times like these? Sorry, completely um, off on a tangent here. But. Well, yeah, it's not. That's not a tangent. Dave Grohl was in Queens of Stone Age for a bit. Yeah, that's. Um, uh, I didn't actually watch it, no, but I saw clips of it when people were talking about it, and I was like, I don't like it. It's the same it's thing as weird. like, you know, we spoke about in the uh, last hit and the shit episode we did, where we spoke about "Gone Away" by The Offspring. It's that moment where you see one of these uh, guys decide to reach back into their past because they've got a song that's so fucking reverent and they just think it's so good and that, you know, let's do this big, pompous, overblown version. And it's times like these, which is like such a shit song. Mm. One of People the worst songs on their worst album. Yeah, they like they... it because it's been around for 20 years now. Yeah, it's dead rock. It's horrible. And I actually saw it, I think, like Christmas Day, I turned TV on and, and it was just like opportune it was coming on it was one of those horrible cheesy lockdown things there's all like people in different corners of the fucking tv screen singing and there was dave like screwing up his face like trying to be like so emotional and i was just like this is disgusting mm. so at least josh yeah. hasn't done that it's weird yeah well dave did that thing with his um keyboardist mate where they did i think we talked about this really where he did each day he covered a new song um oh yeah which is quite interesting. Uh, that's when he did the Peaches thing. And then Peaches actually turned up weirdly in it. In it. Um, yeah, hats off to him, like whatever. He's done loads in lockdown. He's just released a fucking film, hasn't he? About his fan, whatever, touring fan. Yeah. Um, and he's doing a series with his mum. I don't know if maybe that's the same thing. I'm not sure. 
Um, I and the stuff with his daughter. They, people are going to, yeah, people are going to be like, what? That was like five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Um, yeah, these are kind of put on the... Uh, put on the shelf when we need for when we need them that's a bit of a peek peek behind the curtain there um uh yeah if that's why that doesn't make sense well let's see i mean that's the thing you could be dead by the time this goes out like, what are they talking about <laughs> he died um yeah so that's it that's, that's quite the stone age. age mostly mostly hits and yeah. some nice stuff in the middle yeah, there's you know they're a good they're still a good great band but um, yeah we just want to see what more you got Josh <laughs> don't don't give up on us and don't just keep you know to try something just don't just try something that's don't don't write a Queens go in thinking I'm not going to write a Queens of the Stone Age album and see what you come out with yeah um that's that's the advice I'd give and he listens to this obviously so. No problemo. There <laughs> is a connection. There is a connection because I'm I'm friends with um friends acquaintances used to be friends um but he doesn't talk to me anymore um with Matt Berry who did uh, who's the what's his show Toast of London and Josh Homme acted in it. Did you know that? No, I didn't. It's a character. It's a character in it. So Wait, like um, one episode or yeah, an episode. Huh. Um. So he must uh, he must like Matt. Um, I think I vaguely spoke to Matt about it years ago, but um, yeah, he's he's been like yeah, yeah cool. Um, so yeah, there is a connection there. So maybe I'll just go and uh, tap Matt up and say, look, can you sort Josh out? Cheers. Yeah, because probably no one's ever said that to him. You know, yeah. we could revitalize his career. No one's just said Josh can make a better album, <laughs> apart from his label. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah okay well that's it for now but thanks everyone for listening and uh keep on with your keep getting stoned i was gonna say keep keep stoning i don't know yeah rock What's rock it? out with queens Reich. yeah quat q quatsa sir lots thing. of quatsa yeah okay that'll do let's end on that right thanks everyone bye Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Oddcast Movies, Music and Gaming. If you want to get in touch with us or get a movie, album or game put on our list to discuss, then email us at oddcastoddballs at gmail.com or a newwinterpodcast at gmail.com. This is part of a New Winter Podcast Network, so head on over to anewwinter.net to check out our other shows. You can also follow us on Instagram at anewwinter, Twitter at anewwinter, and you can head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash anewwinter. Thanks for listening and see you again soon. 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 